and that's the type of thing that you know you you get together with your buddies in the in the business and everybody you know puffs their chest out and talks about how you know how big they are i'm 20 million 30 million you know look at me well <clears throat> i've known a lot of those guys that just don't make any money Roofing Mastery Podcast, episode number five. Welcome to Roofing Mastery Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at the roofing industry, and we give you a seat at the table as we interview industry experts, owners, and CEOs of roofing companies. We find out what is working and not working in the areas of leadership, sales, online marketing, and our whole goal is to just give you tips, tactics, and a roadmap to be successful in your own roofing business. And in this episode, I'm really excited because we interviewed Dave Sullivan from The Roofer Show. He's got one of the first podcasts on the roofing industry. It's an excellent podcast. He was a professional in the roofing space, uh, had a roofing company for about 30 years, scaled it, grew it to about $10 million a year in revenue, but they had a really effective maintenance program with commercial roofings. He's going to get into how he got into the industry, what his best experiences were, what worked, what didn't work, and his best advice ever for those of you listening. And he's also going to talk about his consulting at the end where he teaches you to develop a business plan to make sure your own roofing business is profitable. So without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Dave Sullivan from The Roofer Show. All right. As I mentioned, we have special guest Dave Sullivan on the show today. So Dave, thanks for joining us. Hey, great to see you guys. Now, um, you know, I reached out to you because you have the my favorite podcast other than ours. And I've listened to so <laughs> many episodes and I really like the format. I like the the conversational feel of it. And you got into this after having a lot of experience in the roofing industry and then you launched the roofer show and then you have consulting you offer as well. We're going to get into all that at the end, but um, just give our listeners and our guests kind of a, a short background on your experience as uh, the owner of a roofing company. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in a family, small family roofing business. I'm out here on the West coast outside of San Francisco. And um, I was always planning on coming into the business. I went to school out here at university of California and when I got out of school, the plan was I was going to come into the business. My father was going to teach me the ropes and figure out what's going on. And when I got out of school, he ended up having a heart attack. So I had to jump in there. And even though I'd gone to business school, I didn't know a thing about running this business when I got into it, because it's not like, you know, coming up with a plan to build widgets and so forth, like in school. So this is the real deal where you've got chaos and all these moving parts. So it was, um, it was difficult. So I learned, learned the hard way. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh man, I bet. I did. So I didn't know you had a business degree. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, a while back back in uh, yeah 79. So it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you got into, you got a business degree, you got kind of baptism by fire by, working in your father's company. And then, so kind of what was the, what was the level of the company about the number of employees? What kind of roofing were you guys doing? I know you're out on the West coast. Um, so what kind of roofing were you guys doing? And then we'll get into like what it turned into. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, it was a small company. We had a, a couple of crews and we did everything, anything and everything. So we do residential, we do uh, commercial, whatever came about. And 
So I just kind of followed the, the pattern. Uh, it's an old business since 1924. So I followed the pattern of what we were doing before. And it was tough. I came in there thinking I knew it all. And these guys would have no part of that. So it's, uh, it, you know, really struggled when I first got in there because it's it's different program, as they say. And so for, for you guys, for your business, I know we talked offline about, you know, here in Dallas, such a big part of our revenue is storm restoration. Hailstorm comes in and everybody's busy knocking on doors, looking at, you know, doing free inspections on roofs and stuff like that. And you mentioned that you guys really don't deal with that out there. So how did you, I mean, how did you get business? What was your, what was your prospecting tactic that you used? Yeah, uh, the, the the storm restoration is kind of a new thing, and I had no idea how big that industry was until uh, a lot of my coaching clients are actually uh, uh, in the storm business. So out here, we've got fires and earthquakes, no storms. We get a lot of rain and heavy rain on certain periods of time, but um, and. So really, uh, what happened, if a little more background on my business, was um, when I was struggling through this time, I did have, I was smart enough to hire a consultant, somebody that could help me. And I learned so much uh, having him come in. And we really got this, put, a, put together a business plan, kind of really dialed this down. And we ended up focusing on the commercial end of the business and we dropped our residential division and that changed everything. It just took off. And so we focused on that. Um, then we got into the maintenance and repair business that really took off. And so that's really where the business was coming from. It was all re-roofing existing properties, warehousing, industrial, a lot of high rise work over in the city and it's kind of interesting. I mean, we we developed um, just a great clientele, and we focused down on building owners, investors. So we didn't have property flippers. We didn't have general contractors. We wanted somebody that was interested in buying quality and believed in roof maintenance. And <clears throat> by focusing down on that, they they have a lot of like-minded um, people that they know that are also in the industry. So our referral base was really strong and something we did back then, I've been out of the business for a while, uh, but what really worked for us, believe it or not, was um, canvassing uh, commercial areas. We had a telemarketer, that would actually dig down and find out who the property owner was. And we could do that through tax records and we could see, you know, and sort by age of building, just like, just like you would now age of building, uh, size, uh, preferably multiple building owners. But by having this person do the research, we could get in touch with them and people actually answered the phone <laughs> where, you know, it's, it's not very effective these days, but that's really where it came from. And um, once you're on a roof, you take a look around at the neighborhood, jot down addresses, turn them over to her, and she would get down and dig them up. So it sounds like you guys were using really a similar method to a commercial broker. 
I mean, I know a guy that sells multifamily properties here in Dallas, and he makes about 200 calls a week, cold calling uh, owners mm-hmm. of apartment buildings. And that's he does the exact same thing. And he's just calling right. all day long. And he'll say, hey, I drove by the building. I noticed you had some maybe some deferred maintenance or this or that. I'd love to talk to you if you ever thought about selling or what it might look like to sell and how what you could get for it and all that stuff. And uh, and uh, and it must be working because he just closed on a property a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So so when you did that, well, first of all, I, I'm interested to know what stands out to you about that, Miller. So, you know, you're also the owner of the roofing company here in Dallas. I, I've got a few ideas about that. But what stands out to you about what he just described? Well, it was kind of the good old days when what you tried worked, you know, (laughs) have you read the, you read the book or it's a very small book called who moved my cheese. Sure. Well, that's a, I recommend that highly in uh these uh, uncertain, crazy times. Yes. Especially it's like come back into my mind just recently. And it sounds like one of the things you said was that when this used to work and so you had to find newer things, that's where I found myself so much of the time too, is that, uh, you know, trying certain methods to get business, if it's door knocking or telemarketing or sending letters, whatever it is, you're all, it, it has an expiration date, you know, it, it works for so long and then it, it quits working and you have to, to think of something else. I've even found sometimes it's the words that you use don't work anymore. And so you have to mm-hmm. phrase, say the same thing, but say it differently. And, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, just kind of the, the evolution uh, but yeah, it was great when it, it worked like that back then. Cause it was so personal, you know, it was so, yeah. you know, you're going out and meeting the people and that's how it was with me early on too. I would, you know, know the, the husband's name, the wife's name, and sometimes the dog's name. And I would remember it for years, you know, they'd call back, Hey, how's your wife? How's Kay doing? And, uh, there's such a personal, uh, touch to it all. And, uh, you know, fortunately it, it continues to change, but, uh, that's where we are now. That it does, you know, and, and what's interesting growing up in this business where you hear so many people talk about the good old days and how it was a certain way. Well, those days weren't necessarily so good. We had the same problems back then. You know, we talk about, you know, the labor issues that we had just a month ago. Um, we don't have any good people in this industry. Well, it was the same gripes that my father's always had. Uh, the same thing that I went through building my business. So, you know, it's uh, like the saying, uh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And um, it's it's the same old deal. You know, it's changing, but, you know, a lot, a lot of things are the same. It's, it's, a, it's a tough business. I mean, there's great opportunity. I love this industry, mm-hmm. but it's it's never been easy. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And so as you guys started to kind of adjust, you it sounds like you got a lot of help from this consultant. You created a business plan. You got into a situation where you started pursuing more commercial business, especially maintenance business. What, I mean, how did you do that? What, I mean, what is it? I know you can't explain it in, in incredible detail in this podcast episode, but I mean, what are the pieces that you have to put together to start building that maintenance business? Because we've been talking about that, like how to how to start that here in Dallas. Yeah, well, it really starts off with putting together a business plan, and, and part of that is focusing down on first off, what is it that you do, and 
like I said, when we started out, we tried to be everything to everybody and that doesn't work. Mm. And if you focus down and I talk about this with, with my clients is, you know, I, I, we start off and they're doing windows and basements and roofing and all types of things. And you've got to focus down and say, okay, where do you make your money? Just like we did where, I didn't really realize that we were actually losing money on a residential business because the overhead was so high was one problem that we had. You know, we had a lot of callbacks, all of, you know, broken rose bushes, this type of thing. And when you factor that in, it's just not about the gross profit of the job, but you have to look at, you know, break out your overhead of what goes where. And once we did that, we could really see where we made our money. And that was for us was commercial re-roofing and maintenance. It's different for every, I mean, I have the, the, the question that I get so often is how do I get into the commercial business? You know, I'm doing great and residential and that's a, that's, it's a, it's a different business. So I like to stay out, you know, why don't you just focus on your residential business, become the best residential guy in town. This is what you specialize in. You're focused down and grow through that and grow profitably. And what I hear too often is everybody's just chasing this top line uh, revenues, sales. I want to grow. And that's the type of thing that, you know, you, you get together with your buddies in the, in the business and everybody, you know, puffs their chest out and talks about how, you know, how big they are. I'm 20 million, 30 million, you know, look at me. Well, <clears throat> I've known a lot of those guys that just don't make any money. So why, instead of doing $20 million, I'd rather do $5 million, have less risk, have less trucks going down the road, you know, less money churn, cash flow issues, people issues. And you can you can focus down and make a lot of money. And as they say, hey, the riches are in the niches. Yeah, I, I mean, who cares what your gross revenue is? It's what's your net profit. <laughs> That's right. And why make it so difficult, you know, because it's uh, – and everybody's focused. That's all you hear about, you know, is growth of your business. Well – Nobody talks about the bottom line. And again, focusing down on what you do well, because, hey, I know guys that do a million dollars and make a great living, you know, have a great business, and they're not killing themselves 80 hours a week. They're able to spend time with their family. They're able to go on vacation. And this is, to me, that's what I wanted. And that's what I focused on. And you have to determine that you have to decide what's right for you. And everything's different. You know, what is it that you want to do? And unless you take a step back and really think about that, you're just out there, you know, putting out fires, working your butt off and, you know, never seeing your family. And this is a big problem that we have in this industry is that, just the hours are brutal. You know, it's it's so interesting that you say that because you did grow it. I mean, I'm sure you, you've you gained a lot of experience and wisdom throughout the business as a business owner and becoming a seasoned leader of a company. And and I'm but I'm sure that as you grew it to that level, because you mentioned as well that you uh, before we started this that you guys got up to 10 million a year in revenue. You had a large maintenance service side going. 
so I'm sure that uh, there were some challenges along the way. So, so let's talk about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> what was one of the biggest challenges you guys faced? And if you can share a specific story even about as you started growing that service side and kind of changing the model and kind of, kind of getting to cruising altitude with that business model. Well, what I found uh, was the key to the business and something that I think I I was pretty good with was building a team and building the right people is first identifying what positions you need and hiring people for those positions rather than the other way, which most contractors, you know, end up hiring somebody without really knowing what they, uh, what they need and will create the job around you. And I don't think that's a good idea. So in my business, I took a look at this. My goal was really to be able to step back and take time off because I wanted to travel. I saw what happened to my father. He was chained to the business. He could never get away. And using a rake structure of management, everything was brought back through him. So he would be so involved with all the decisions. And I saw how that worked out for him. And I wanted to do it differently. And I wanted to travel when I was young because we get so many contractors that think, oh, I'm going to you know, do all these things, um, you know, when I retire, travel, uh, you know, play golf, whatever. And what, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, when you're young, you got the time, but you don't have the money. Then you're running a business. Now we've got the money, but we don't have the time. Well, then you get past that. You got the time and the money, but you may not have the health. So it's, I wanted to do these things um, as I was growing my business, building a business. And what I was looking for was being, I've got three boys. I wanted to spend time with them. Um, I wanted to be able to travel. We took a lot of vacations together. I did a lot of um, um, trekking in the mountains. Um, So I wanted to have time off to do those things. Skied a lot. So that was my goal. And so by building a team and building the processes um, where I didn't have to be there every day, I was able to step back. And my style of management was really being an or what I call the orchestra leader at that point. You've got all the instruments and you're just, you know, keeping things going, keeping an eye on people, holding them accountable. But then I could get the hell out of the way and let them do their jobs. And that's really, I think, the key to what was the key to my success was having good people, training them, and retaining them, and making sure they were accountable for the goals that they had set up and spending the time working with them, doing that and building their careers in the business and then get the hell out of the way. And there's so much we could say about all that. I mean, I mean, I love what you say about building it up, hiring the right people. Is that something that you, I know you said that's something that you were good at. Is that something that you're just 
naturally wired to do? Or is there was there a particular resource that stood out? Was there a book, a workshop, or was it more of the coach? I mean, what was what really helped you to build that kind of a team? Because I think a lot of guys might say, well, yeah, I'd love to do that, but I've got last three guys I hired are knuckleheads and I'm not, you know, this whole <laughs> hiring and firing thing's not working out too well. Well, first off, you've got to hire right. And I think what I find is uh, so many contractors that have been successful hiring salespeople, for instance, have hired outside of the industry, people that are are service oriented. I hear, you know, bartenders, uh, people, restaurant workers that have never been into the industry, but are good working with people. And then rather than hiring somebody that knows, you know, it's God's gift of roofing and then trying to change those bad habits, I don't think that's a good idea. So it starts off with hiring the right people, what you're looking for. And then it's bringing people in and showing them that they have, this is, this is a career. We're not going to chew them up and spit them out and we're going to train them. We're not going to send them out with Joe Bob and, you know, for a week and okay, then we're going to let this guy loose. And that's generally what happens. And that's why too many contractors have a revolving door. That's so interesting. And it's, it's kind of similar to some stuff that Miller has shared too about, growing rain tide and kind of taking the reins and then growing it here in Dallas. And he scaled it up pretty large and then scaled it back down, going back to what you mentioned about what's the lifestyle that I want and who cares how many guys I've got out there. If it means that now, next thing you know, I'm, I'm getting calls early in the morning, late at night. I can't do it. What would you say to that Miller? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's really a, a great skill to have. And it takes a certain amount of, uh, ability to just let go of control, I guess, is what it, it mainly is, and to to trust in the people that you put in place under you. And uh, you know, good for you, man. That's really a a great skill to have. I've found that to be a, a hard thing to do to completely to train someone and to let them go and do what I've instructed them to do. And uh, yeah, that's that's a a good. Uh, good trick that you've done a good skill that you've learned, I should say. But I think what Dylan was asking was that, was that a natural thing to you or, or did you develop that more? Well, I think that I've always been curious. I'm interested in people always enjoyed people. So you, I've just found that you treat people right. I'm truly interested in developing their skills and, and really it's about leadership. And I've always found, you know, treat people well. And too often we get, and that's, and that's what I see is if we're so stressed out because we're, we're trying to grow this business, we've got so many guys and we're trying, you know, we've got all these balls in the air. Well, you don't have time to go out to the jobs, for instance, something that I like to do. I would go out to the jobs, take some sodas, take some sandwiches, whatever. It's no big deal. And just say, hey, thanks, guys. Man, I really appreciate what you're doing because here you are busting your butts. I know you guys are working as hard as you can. And show appreciation and respect. 
And what I would try to do is really kind of take some of the younger guys aside and just, Hey, what's going on in your life? Everything. Okay. You know, and tell me about your kids or whatever. And you can just do, you know, takes you what, 15, 20 minutes, just spend some time, but think about that every time you have the opportunity and, you know, really care because that's what people want. They want to be appreciated. They want to be shown respect and they want to feel that they're working for a winning company, a winning team, and that they have some direction, somebody that's really has a plan, has some, um, uh, uh, be able to show them that, hey, here's your future. This is what you can do. And these are the steps to get there. And it's just really taking the time. And that's, you know, there's no real skill. I didn't, you know, but it's, it's actually, you know, truly wanting to help people grow and being concerned what's going on in their life because they've got, you know, everybody's got all these struggles and helping them achieve their goals. And, you know, they have the same interests that we do. And if they're not being treated right, just as, you know, if you were working for somebody, if you, if you started off working for somebody else, you know, how did that make you feel? And Mm -hmm. I just really look at it that way. Yeah. That's so good. Sincerely. It's so good. I mean, it's, it's, it really, it sounds like you have like a mentor's heart and it's something that it's a, it's a core value at the, you know, the church I attend in Dallas, they're really big on mentoring and they team up they call it a triad. They'll team up an older guy and then a middle of the road guy like me, I'm 40 and then a younger guy in their twenties. And the three of us will hang out every two weeks or so and do barbecues and do stuff like that or go on a hunting trip together and it's the same thing. And it's, and it's, it's one of our values at, at rain tight too, that, that I learned about when, when Miller brought me on board, it's on his heart too, is just to kind of, you mentor somebody and truly care about their success and set them up for success. And, you know, well, man, when I know for me personally, when I, when I get that from Miller, I get that from another person in leadership, when they truly care about me and want to see me succeed, well, all of a sudden I want to do whatever I can for them too. Sure. It's just, you're, you're sowing care and love and and wisdom and you get to reap faithfulness you know and it's such a it's such a rare thing these days and I even in when I went to Bible college in Houston I had a professor there that approached me and uh, because I was reading on the bench I had a class in the morning I had a class at night so I just sat there and studied during the day and he said hey I'd like to I'd like to talk to you I noticed you've been sitting here reading long story short he became my mentor in Bible college and he, he, uh, we went on trips together. He invited me over to his house to have dinner. I got to meet his family, his little kids, you know, he kind of got me into preaching and teaching and all that stuff. And that experience, what you just described, what you did in your business, I think is so rare because guys think, well, I don't have time to do that. Uh, but, but it's almost like the, I think you don't have time not to do it. And that's, oh, that's probably why you've got that revolving door. Yeah, and if if you ever want to build a true company that doesn't rely on you, you have to build people. And how often do you hear about, um, you know, here I am, I'm busting my ass doing these things, and nobody nobody notices, you know? So why should I 
you know, work my tail off. If it doesn't matter, I could do a great job or I can do a mediocre job. So why not just do the mediocre job? Because there's nothing in it for me, you know, and this is what's, you know, they're interested. What's in this for me? And as everybody is, your, your, your customers, they don't care about youth. It's like, what's in it for me, (laughs) you know, and showing them that here's what's in it for you you know, you have great opportunity and I'm going to help you. I'm going to mentor you. And I, I always enjoy it. You know, I, if I hadn't been a contractor, I think I would have been a teacher and I did some, um, I always enjoyed, um, uh, teaching at the apprenticeship school, for instance, and these kind of things. And this is really, you know, when I, um, left the industry, I sold my business and, I wanted to get back into the podcasting because I wanted to reconnect with the industry and, you know, I'm just here. I love it. I meet such great people like the two of you and through the podcast. And if I can offer information and help from my, from my experience, that's great. That's awesome. So what's the best piece of advice you have for somebody who's listening to this? That's a leader in a roofing company. I mean, what's your big takeaway from all that that you would suggest to them right now? Well, I have something I call the two-week vacation. And let's say um, you just won a two-week vacation to Hawaii, but the catch is you have to leave in two days. Well, most contractors, they, they can, you know, I, I can't do that. My business will fall apart. Well, then you've got a problem. This is not the way that you run a business. So again, it comes really taking a look at how, you know, taking a step back, I think is really the key, putting together a plan, a business plan, and then really taking a look at, okay, how am I going to do this? Do I want, is the most important thing to pump up my ego and have, you know, a $20 million business. Okay, if that's it then great. Or do you just, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to, I don't want to kill myself. I I just want to be able to, you know, have a nice business, have some good growth, enjoy what I'm doing, whatever that is. And so the two week vacation means that you want to have a business where you can do that. You can take advantage of that. And that is the idea of building this team. And also what you're doing is you're creating value in your business. And this is something we talk about all the time. I mean, at some point you're going to leave this business and hopefully it's not in a pine box, but hopefully it's under your terms. But what happens the the vast majority of the time is that they haven't created value because the business relies on one or two key people. So without that business, there's no value. Nobody wants to buy it. And um, so you end up just closing the doors. And by putting in these processes and systems and being able to step back, get out of the way, not only are you able to provide a good lifestyle for you and your family, but you're creating value, something that's a saleable asset when you get to that point and you know, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, maybe you're going to pass this on to their kid, onto your kids. 
Well, that takes years to prepare for that and having a clear vision of how you're going to do that, what you're going to do. And this is gets back to the, the two-week vacation. Building in these processes and systems so this business is not reliant just on you because there's no value in cre- created in that. There's so, so many good leadership principles. I mean, you talked about casting the vision of, of, of what's the lifestyle I want and how to achieve that. You talked about skills of having the organizational pieces in place so that you can leave and people are held accountable. People know the routine, people know the tools to use the strategies, but then going back to you as the leader, that's what stands out to me the most that you as the leader, you were the kind of leader that truly cared about those around you and equipping those around you and building that dream team, you know, going back to so many of the principles John Maxwell talks about um, equipping the leaders around you. It's just so good. And so you took over this company, you had a really bumpy start to having to take on a lot more responsibility. You modified the business model, got into commercial, built out a maintenance program. And I know I listened to one podcast episode where you mentioned it was like 20% of your business, but 50% of your your profit profitability. So it's a total success story. And then you had a good exit at the tail end. I mean, this is what people want. I think we could do a whole nother podcast episode on how to set your business up to have a good exit. A lot of roofers don't even know how to value their business or build it up so they can have a good exit. But now that you've done all that, and then like you said, you jump back in, you've got the heart of a mentor and a coach. Tell us about your podcast and tell us about your, your coaching program. Well, I started really, I had, um, I'd been retired for uh, five, six years, and I just missed the industry. I wanted to reconnect, and I wanted to have something to do. And, you know, this is when podcasts really started. This is going back a few years. I think I've got 100 and, I don't know, 165 episodes. You know, that's every week where you're just, (laughs) you know, you've got to produce and uh, I, I, I loved it. So it's it's called The Roofer Show. I came up with, you know, let's, again, keep keep things simple, okay? Well, hey, it's for roofers, roofing contractors. Um, it's The Roofer Show. It's simple. And um, what I wanted to do was not only be able to share, you know, my uh, experience of 30 years as a contractor, but I'm always interested in learning. And this is something that I recommend everybody is always be learning. And I would bring guests on. It's mostly an interview show. And these are whether, and and I try to keep it broad where there's, you know, now there's just hundreds of podcasts, you know, and it really in our dozens in our industry and they're great. Um, but a lot of them focus on the marketing, you know, solely on the marketing end. And what I wanted to do and the way my coaching program works is that, you know, really business is like a three-legged stool. It's not that complicated in the concepts, but the three-legged stool, the legs are, you have to sell work, you have to do work. And you have to keep score. And all three of those legs have to be strong. And what tends to happen is one of the legs gets weak. We've either got all the sales. We can't get the guys. We've got the guys. We don't have the sales. Or what happens too often, we get the sales, we get the guys. But 
we can't get the invoices out. We can't, you know, um, we don't have any job costing because we can't get, can't produce things fast enough. So the bookkeeping accounting leg tends to fall over. And the next thing you know, you've got cash flow problems and, you know, this is, it, 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 it's a problem. So I think the key is to keep those in balance. And so I bring on, you know, I, 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 accounting is one of the legs that tends to be weak with so many contractors because they don't like the numbers. You know, I'm going to push that off onto somebody that's generally unqualified or just downright um, an embezzler. And that happens so much in our business because we do push this off. And so I try to bring on, you know, when I do, I, I have a number of, uh, you know, finance people that I bring onto the show and interview them because I want to learn too. So it's interesting. And I'm asking the questions, you know, really as you are, I want to learn things. I want to learn about people. I want to learn, you know, how to improve. Um, but I bring attorneys on, accounting people, you know, sales, sales and marketing because everybody wants, you know, we, nothing happens until you sell something. So I've got a lot of marketing advice. Um, people coming on to share, share their wisdom. So I've been doing that for really a couple of years. And recently I I've been, you know, I said, well, I'm getting a lot of requests for mentoring and, and really coaching. And so I set up a coaching program and what I do is I, I like to start with something that I call the one page business plan. And this is a free download that you can get at, at, on my website at the And really it's a simple outline. It's eight steps. Uh, a lot of the things that we've talked about here, um, taking a step back and just really filling out. It's a one page. It'll take you about three or, you know, just a few hours, but it'll get you thinking about things. And the key is it's the process of planning. It's not so much the plan itself as general Eisenhower would say, but it's the process of planning. And when you're going through these and really thinking about this and putting together all the parts for the first, you know, you'll see how all this fits together. And from there, if I have a program where we start, we just go deep on those things. And then we get into implementation, just trying to keep this balance and keep, you know, try to achieve your goals. And it's been great. I really enjoy it. It's, it helps a lot of contractors. Um, because ah, I don't, I don't need all that. You know, we're going okay now as we are, you know, well, which, where are you going? Ah, I'm just out there going around in circles, you know, but we're not getting anywhere, but we're busy. <laughs> Let's know right way to run a business. So I help uh, contractors build their business, become more profitable. And we take a look at all of these things because, I really believe that, you know, you don't have to do this alone. And what tends to happen is as contractors, you know, so many of us come up through the trades or they come out through sales, but they don't have all the experience of running a business. Just, and I I know this from firsthand knowledge and I had the foresight to bring in somebody to help me. And, 
we called them consultants back then. <laughs> now we're coaches. But it's the same idea is, you know, I'm going to go climb this mountain. Why wouldn't you get an experienced guide that can show you the most direct way to get there and you can avoid so many of the pitfalls along the way that just make it a real struggle? It doesn't have to be that difficult because there's so much out there now. There's you know, and a, a lot of great coaches. Um, there's, you know, YouTube, there's all of these podcasts, what we're doing here. I mean, I listened to I mean, dozens of podcasts and that's really what got me into it is that, you know, I, this, this podcasting thing is, is great. You can listen to it, learn things, you know, when you're driving to jobs, or whatever, as we know. And, um, the information's out there, but you know, why reinvent the wheel? There's so many of us that have been there before and we're willing to share our knowledge and help people. As you talked about, you know, in your church, the mentoring program, you know, somebody that can help you do it because we're tend to, you know, we're out in the wilderness by ourselves running this business and we just don't feel confident, have the confidence that we know what we're doing. And by, you know, something I recommend doing one is being sure that you're networking out to other contractors. Um, you know, and it, it, why not share the information and help each other uh, with non-competing contractors, peer groups, you know, I put together groups where from around the country and we talk about, you know, what's working, what's not working in your business and just ways to improve. And this is where um, what I've done and seen some great results. And it all starts off with a business plan or really just taking a look at where you're going, you know, and as you say, how do you exit this, this business? Well, that's something that you start off day one is thinking about that because it's going to come and it takes a lot of time to do that, to build these systems and processes we're, that we're talking about. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I do. And um, it's, it, I, I think I've really helped contractors gotten to know some great have some great friendships really enjoy it so that's what i do well it's great and i you know you and i hopped on a consulting call and i wanted to learn more about your services and the neat thing about our call is well you're just like you are now very easy to talk <laughs> with but also you've got a great track record and i love what you said about climbing a mountain i mean none of us would go on an unguided trip to try to climb everest or some huge mountain i mean it would just be death, right? And you, and so, but in business, like you said, a lot of people are just bootstrapping it. But I like, what I liked about our call is you have that experience. You've been successful, but even on our call, you were really good about asking some questions that I, you know, I'm voicing ideas. I've, I've got lots of ideas where you're like, well, now, wait a second. If this is your focus and you're going to do these two other things, are you going to be able to do all of that? Or how are you going to do all that? Or, you know, What's going to happen to your time? And you ask really good questions on that call. So I highly recommend anybody. And so if anybody wants to get in touch with you and visit your website, what's the URL they need to look at? Just go to the, uh, the, the roofer show.com. And if you want to chat what we've, you know, as we did, uh, there, go to my contact page, just big button. It says 
schedule a half hour free call and just kind of see what's going on. See if I can help you. If I can, great. If I can't, you know, that's fine too. keep in touch. And, you know, I'm always willing to help. Um, something that works great that I really enjoy is I'm a big texter, believe in texting. And because you call somebody and leave a message, you're not going to get a return call. You know, you send an email, it's just lost in the big stack. But when you text somebody, generally, you're going to get a response. And I've got, you know, oh, geez, I mean, a lot of these texts coming in. And I just want to know what everybody's doing, how's business going. Just text me and say hi. And you can text me at 510-612-1450. And I'd love to hear from you, you know, just say hi. And and I always like feedback. I want to get feedback from my show. Um, what do you like? What do you don't like? You know, um, what kind of guests would you like to hear from? How can I, you know, uh, and I'm there to help. And, and by texting, it's just real quick. You know, it's easy. And that's why I say, stop what you're doing right now. Send me a text. Just say hi. And keep it simple, and boom, and that's 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 been re- really working out. And you know, I'm helping her. You know, ask me a question; I'll be glad to help you out. You know, shoot you a text back, and we'll have a conversation. Well, Dave, we appreciate how accessible you've made yourself, and we appreciate your. I love your podcast and and the coaching thank that you, you offer. And so that just thanks again for being accessible. Thanks for being on our show on the roofing mastery podcast. And seriously, I'd really like to, to reconvene in the future and talk about how to set up a business for exit, because there's not too many podcast episodes on that. And you've done that too. So maybe that's another, <laughs> another line of business you could have, but, um, but anyway, we just, uh, just thank Miller, any closing comments before we yeah. end this one? Yeah, I just want to say thanks for what you do, man. Thanks uh, for your voice. As I've been, you know, watching you, it's like, why does Dave do what he does? And I think it's uh, just this genuineness that you have and just say thank you, you know, from a younger businessman to an older businessman. Thank you for what you do for the seat that you're sitting in right now for all the people that you're helping out. Uh, You're really a needed voice out there. And I just wanted to make sure that you know that you're appreciated. Hey, thanks so much. And and what you guys are doing, I mean, here you are. There's so much room for, you know, to share your knowledge. Um, and I look forward to subscribing to your show and catching, catching all of your podcasts. And, you know, we're all there to learn and we can learn from each other and, and you know, create friendships and uh, networking opportunities. I mean, it's great to chat with you guys, man. This has been awesome. Yeah. Well, call us if you come to Dallas. We'll buy you a steak dinner. There you go. (laughs) And likewise, if you ever get out to uh, California. All right. We'll do it, man. All right. Thanks, Dave. Hey, thank you. Good to talk to you guys. All right. What great insight from Dave. I love the three major things he highlighted. He highlighted making sure you're profitable. He talked about how they had to make the pivot in their business when he realized they were growing, but their profitability wasn't really increasing the way they wanted. They developed a very effective maintenance program for commercial roofing. They found their niche. They found out what worked. They found out that they were wasting a lot of time and energy doing a whole lot of things and doing them somewhat well. And they trimmed down their service line and focused on a few things and did them really well. I, I just love that. I like what he also said about making sure that you're investing in your team. And you can 
I mean, it's clear. It comes across as he's talking that he just really likes developing people. He likes people. He's, I'm sure he's a guy that has a lot of friends, a lot of people that would consider him a great friend. But I just love that. I mean, all of leadership really depends on influence and you can't be an effective leader if you don't if you aren't effective at relationships if people don't like being around you they're they are not going to work for you very well or for very long and I also uh, love at the end that he mentions what he's doing now that now he's giving back he's taking all of what he learned and he's giving back and and I highly recommend for any of you listening to check out his website and to uh, connect with Dave on LinkedIn do a free consulting call or a free discovery call with him to find out if his consulting package is right for you to help you scale and grow your roofing business. And then just as a last plug for Roofing Mastery, definitely check us out on Facebook. Please join our Facebook group. You can find all of this at our website. Just go to roofingmastery.com. You can connect with our Facebook group there. You can look at our marketing services there if you need help growing your roofing business with digital door knocking, uh, reputation management, or you need a new website or whatever it might be. You can schedule a free discovery call with us as well. And We'll give you kind of a report card on your web presence, let you know where you're strong, let you know where you are weak and what you would like to do. It's up to you from there. Absolutely no hassle, no obligation for that. So we'd love to help you, partner with you, grow your business. And last of all, guys, if this has been helpful to you, please rate and review on iTunes. It definitely helps us get the word out. This is Dylan McCabe with the Roofing Mastery Podcast, and I will catch you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.